With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Folks, if you'd like a copy of my best-selling first book, Tales of a First Round Nothing, head on over to ecwpress.com. If you'd like a copy of my second book, Tales with TR, Fights, Film, and Folklore, head on over to www.flankerpress.com. If you'd like either copy personalized, just add a note. Thanks for listening to my podcast, and happy reading. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello! Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to episode 144A of Tales with TR. I'm your host, Terry Ryan. Thanks for tuning in. And thank you to my guest last week, Aaron Smasham Asham. One of my best friends, on or off the ice, closest teammates. Thanks a lot, Aaron. It was nice to hang out and chat again. A lot going on in the National Hockey League. When it comes to uh, what's going to actually happen on trade deadline day, they have that whole TSN put all their eggs into that one basket, right? Or uh, what does TSN have now? They have the World Juniors at Christmas is their big thing. Trade deadline day is another one. I mean, TSN has a lot, of course. Some of my favorite people in podcasts, I'm just saying. I know it's usually a big thing. Trade Center, Trade Deadline Day. I suppose not just TSN and every sports outlet, at least in Canada, somewhat peppered throughout North America and the hockey world. Uh, but before any before any of that, and I'm sure you're not tuning in here just to get your thoughts on trades because you're probably not going to hear much. But before we move on, we move on. We haven't started. Before we go anywhere, I want to say one thing. Congrats to Mark Giordano for breaking the all-time shots blocked record. I think it was 2,400 and something. Because I tell you this, man, 
I get all kinds of compliments and well wishes, accolades, whatever you want to say, positive remarks on the fact that I guess people think I played fairly gritty and fairly hard. And I, that was part of definitely what I wanted to portray out there. Like anybody, I could get lazy. You see the highlights because you see an example of whether it's a fight or a goal or a block shot, that's high energy plays, but it didn't always happen. I often didn't score on the penalty shot or didn't make a big hit, didn't block a shot. I don't recall turning down too many fights, but uh, I didn't win them all, or, or even many. I think most of mine are draws, really. Can't declare a winner. But, but the point is, in most of them, but, you, but the, the point is here that I'm trying to make is during that whole time, I always hated blocking shots. It wasn't ever on the bench did I ever think, like a fight, a fight makes you nervous, of course. I mean, these are hammers being thrown at your head by tough guys. But there are sometimes I would go out on a limb and say often at points in my life that I wanted to go out there and fight, whether it was to settle a score or whether it was just I was playing like shit or whether it was just a fucking smirk on my face and said, you know what, I think I can fucking grab that guy. I don't like the way he's fucking skating around out there and taking liberties, right? So, any other hits, fucking line brawls, running the goalie, I don't know, even a stick swinging with fucking crazies, I, I would welcome a lot of it. But I hate it, and I still hate fucking blocking shots. And I'll tell you how the game has changed. Well, before my career, before coming into the WHL, I always, you know, I, a lot of people consider their career when they first played pro. But I think juniors are like an extension of pro. Major, junior especially, you know, you're living on your own. You you know, you don't make a lot, but you are making money between 60 and like 100 a week, right? But it's only I say that to people and they're like, oh, you guys didn't get fucking paid much. Well, it's junior. You're not really looking to make money. And everything's paid for. I forget the leagues. Each league's different rules. But I think for us in the dub at the time, it was $60 a week for a 16-year-old, 80 for a 17-year-old, 100 for an 18-year-old, 120. And then a, for a 19-year-old, a 20-year-old got 300 a week. That's the way it worked. But now it's, it's, it's just some pocket money because... Everything's paid for. That's why they get you your billets and your food. And I never had a problem. Mark and Nancy Eby were, were great to me uh, in Tri-Cities in Red Deer. Neil and Vera Tomalty. Uh, just great. Didn't have to want for anything. Uh, and, and we had a, a, a transportation to the rink. A few of us, of course, went out and bought a car when, when, when that became possible. But everything's taken care of. Uh, why did I fucking go there talking about blocking shots? Anyway, oh yeah, okay. So I, I consider pro kind of started because you're living the pro life. Like when I think of my time in Tri-Cities, it's really not that much different than my time in the A. 
my time in minor hockey playing for the Blades was. There's a lot different. Uh, you know, your your parents are still driving you to the rink. Minor hockey, right? You're still not everybody has their license. You're, you know, you you might have some fans. Rarely are they paying to come see you. You know, and and in, in major junior, not just major junior, I guess junior, some midget AAA programs, but uh, junior, you kind of start getting that. Okay, what are you guys going to do? Like, you you figure out when you like to eat. I like to eat at between eleven and twelve. Um, I remember going through a period where I liked that big pregame nap. I could do that. Later in my career, I was just too energetic. I guess, wound up for the nap, but would always go to the rink early. Uh, so, you know, you, you start forming your structure for your own personal structure within the game in junior, let's say that, okay? And it, it so I consider that. So in all those years that I left and played junior, right, I, I honestly think that by the end of the year, I would have as many fights as block shots, like one block shot or like one fight. I, I, mean, I mean it. You're looking at this guy get 2,400, how many games he's got played, 1,000. So that's like over two a game, right? Some games you get none. So some games he blocks 10. Well, I... I'm kidding you not. Anybody listen to this that played with me and Freddie, I got in trouble one time for pulling the flamingo. Like you guys know what that is. Your shot was coming. I fucking lifted my foot. <laughs> and it was just instinct. But it was like five to nothing with like uh, two minutes left. I'm like, why the fuck do I want to block a shot with my laces out? I didn't even have shot blockers or any shit on them. Like, and, and it was logical to me. I remember in junior, Bob Lauks, it was... Uh, now, if it was important, I would. So playoffs... Then, you, you you know, each player, anybody out there that's competitive will probably know that, you know, once playoffs hit, you could be fucking chess. You, you strap on your fucking game face a little bit tighter, right? You, you got a little bit more of a game face. So playoffs, yeah, I'd block anything. I mean, I was just, before the game, I was almost brainwashed. It was almost hypnotic. I was in another level. But that's playoffs. And even then... If it's out of hand, there's no fucking way I'm blocking that shot. There's no way. A shot coming, I don't know, 80 to 100 miles plus, lasered, ankle high. Why the fuck do I want to get in front of that? And our coach, Bob Lauks, used to take me and Lankow because we did it a couple times early on. I mean, if it's about me and my career and my ice time, and you know, I'll, I'll do it, right? I'll do it. I can get myself there. But I hated it. I'd rather, I remember going, man, I'd rather fucking fight being at my first Tri-City camp. I'd rather fight Jason Bowen with both hands tied behind my fucking back than sit there and block his shot, man. Fuck that. And uh, we had a couple injuries early on. And I remember Bob Lauks, the coach, saying to me and Lanks, yeah, you guys, I got you out there late in the game uh, to to shut down the other team. If it's close, by all means. But if you're out there and, you know, the game's out of hand, there's five minutes left, do not be blocking shots. I don't want that out of you guys. I don't want it out of any of you. He, he, he was serious, too. He's like, a, I, fourth liners not, might not play as much, but well, I don't want him blocking needless shots. There's no point. If it's close, yes. If it's playoffs, 100%. And I tended to kind of go with that my whole career. 
right? But it, it, it being, I, I consider my career, yeah, junior right to the end of senior hockey, which was a year ago. I might even play again next year. But, uh, <laughs> but, um, like, it, I'm not saying that I just went out every time and jumped out of the way. But any forward out there knows. You guys know what I mean. The puck's coming around, and girls know what I mean. The puck's coming around the boards, right? You're on the wing. It goes to the D. You there, There's a route that you can take that you let the shot go by. Misses you ever so slightly by like a, a foot, maybe two. You didn't quite get to it on time. Or you can put your stick there, right? You can put your stick there and deflect it up. I mean, if you're good at that, a thousand out of a thousand, do it with your stick. Right, I remember Lauk's doing that too. He's like, you know, you guys. Uh, I, and Bob Lauk's was a tough coach. He goes, "I'm a tough coach. We're in a tough league. You're tough players." But why the fuck would you put your laces in front of Sheldon Surrey's shot when you can put your stick in front of it? And why would you put either in front of it if it's five to fucking nothing? I'm like, yeah, you're right. But to go out and get thousands, thousands. So let me think about it then. And you know, some of them happen by accident. So I'm going to give you a typical year. Let's just say a typical year. Let's say a typical pro year. So my first or second year in the A. Let's say my first year in the A just because games played. So I was injured a lot after that. Let's say 71 games played my first year in the A. I had 21 goals, 34 fucking fights too, 256 minutes. All those fights, all those punches in the head and fucking everything that goes with it. George LaRock and Peter Worrell and Frank the Animal Bialoas and Trevor Gillies and Ryan Vandenbush. On down the list, I'd say bring it. I'd rather all of it than block Harold Drukin shot once. That's the fucking truth. I fucking hated it. And Roddy Short once fucking, I always had a little bit of a fear of it. Getting in the, hitting the top of the laces and, and having a real bad bruised foot. I remember at the end of a senior hockey season in fucking Cornerbrook, playing for Cornerbrook, we're in Grand Falls. Game didn't mean anything, and Roddy Short fucking leaned into one and boom, broke my foot. Last fucking game of the year, and I'm, I'm out for playoffs, and I didn't get I mean, my foot didn't come around till August. Ruined the whole fucking summer, blocking a goddamn meaningless shot. Fuck that. But it's funny because uh, so before me would have been Craig Ludwig. He's the only person that I remember blocking shots. And I know what happened. I'm not trying to insult any of the old fellows that came before me. I'm just saying, in my mind, the only person that I could have guaranteed you that I knew that blocked shots. I watched all the Habs games. I'm a kid. I'm growing up watching all of it. And Craig Ludwig had these long, and he used to have these pads on the bottom of his shins and looked kind of weird. But he was the first person I remember taking pride in an interview or People would talk about it, taking pride in blocking shots. And even then, I remember being in the NHL and guys going, are you fucking kidding me? But it happened. We had a guy, Mark Boca or Mark Bureau. Mark Bureau, look at that number. Played with me in the Habs. Played in Ottawa, I believe. Um, played somewhere else after that. You'd never remember his name from being like a scorer or anything. But he was good on face-offs and he would jump in front of shots, like eat pucks like he loved it and there's people chris russell right uh giordano that's the record he broke and i can go on and on you're looking at it i mean mitch marner blocks shots man he does matthews blocks the odd shot it's a different game really is 
The only big star I remember, like really going out and blocking a lot, was Steve Eisenman. Remember Don Cherry used to make a point of that. But you got to know how to do it, or you're going to be out for fucking three months, man. Right? If you don't know how to do it, and that's why, and I, I'm still like it. I don't know how you get to the point of blocking that many shots, especially if you're a forward. What in the fuck puts you in the position to block thousands of shots? Well, it's determination, I suppose, and it's it's definitely an unreal attribute. I just funny as I say it, I'll, I'll fight the devil, man. No problem, but like I mean, balls wise, it's going to be a problem. It doesn't scare me at all to go out. I think I'm fucking around. I know I'd probably get tattooed now. Or I would, but I, I like I would rather. Let's just say hypothetically, Terry, or I don't know. I go to Calgary. I go to watch a game between Calgary and say the Minnesota Wild, and I can't. For some reason, there's a snowstorm and everything. There, for some reason, I sign a PTO. Again, this is hypothetical. I don't think it's going to happen. I'm 46 years old. But let's just say it happened that I found myself on an opposing bench, and I'm playing against Ryan Reeves or Milan Lucic. Let's just say, for argument's sake, we're in Canada. I'm playing against Lucic. Now, I love Lucic, and I think he would fucking destroy me, especially now. But I would much rather, much rather, much rather go out drop my mitts and take my chances right now with Milan Lucic then block Johnny Goudreau's shot. You think I'm fucking around? I'm not. That's how much I hate blocking shots. Uh, I Twice in junior too, I missed. But yeah, I, maybe, maybe it's getting hit on that spot. You know, you tie your... A lot of us have been there. You tie your skate up tight. I love mine really tight. And you get that shot off your, especially if it's a slap shot, you're out for three months. But even if it's a wrist shot, you get it off the laces, holy fuck, what a pain. I don't ever remember any pain like that getting punched in the head. Maybe a worse scar, maybe a wound, maybe a lot of blood. But not only does it hurt when you get that, that shot off the laces, you know... And you can play the rest of the game. Oh, you can play the rest of the game. And you know, as soon as that fucking game is over and you undo your skates, that thing's going to blow up like a loaf of bread. It's just it's just going to blow up. And now you're not going to be able to get your skate on again for months. A month. I remember coming back one of those junior years going, what the fuck did I block that stupid fucking shot? Moose Job Warrior was eight to fucking two and I blocked a goddamn shot. I remember being so upset. And my my foot was so swollen, and I was trying to get my foot. I did it into my skate with I just put Vaseline all over it. Right, it was it was that. So not only now was it injured. <laughs> it's funny what we did, man, to play. Uh, yeah, it was painful. But that in I remember getting uh, I I couldn't bear it, so I just went in the way it used to be. I don't know if it is now. Just went in junior. Eh, Jerry, Jerry Fredrickson was our trainer slash equipment manager. Jerry, is the doc there yet? Doc, come in. Where does it hurt, Terry? Right here. Boom. And he'd shoot it with, I guess, cortisone. Um, usually it was cortisone, I assume. But it, it, if cortisone hit the right way, <laughs> yeah, there's people out there that know what I'm talking about here too. If cortisone hit the right fucking way, it was unbelievable. It was like 
you're limping to the rink. You can't, you're like, how the fuck? I can't drive my car. How, I remember that. I was just using it for an example, but I do remember that. Zenith Komarniski was my roommate. We usually used to take two separate cars, but just for different reasons. Who knows what you want to do afterwards? I love Zeke, but we normally would take our different separate cars. I remember him having to drive because I couldn't put my right foot on the gas pedal or the brake. That's how much it hurt. And I got to the rink, and after cortisone, I'm hopping around. I'm bopping around, warm up like I'm Paul Coffey on the first day of the year when I'm 18. It was fucking crazy. Bouncing around like a jackrabbit. What? What? What foot? But then the downside of that is that when that cortisone wears off, three or four weeks or whenever, it fucking hurts worse because it's just a masking agent. Technically, it should still be pain. It, it, it's not like it heals it. It just takes the pain away better than any painkiller because it's it's centralized, right? Like you take that needle and shove it right into where the pain is. Whereas if I took like, ah, fuck, what's the pain pills? Vicodin, what do they, they say? Oxycontin now. I didn't hear that word. I think it was Vicodin or Percocet when I was in junior. But to be honest, they make you feel great. I mean, it's you feel buzzed, you feel happy, but you're a little bit out of it. Berkus said I was more likely to be the last guy back and like try to make my way up the ice, make a stupid pass like as the last guy back because Berkus said, like, in, I'm almost stoned in a fun way. Almost. Not quite, but uh, you know what? I'm going to try to make an extra move at the line because I don't really care what the coach says. I do, but today it doesn't really feel like it matters. That kind of thought would come into my mind. So Vicodin or Perks. And I mean, I played injured a lot. We all, a lot of people in that area, they, they, there was just a lot of that going around. Um, you know, it, it helps, man. It does help. And you, you, there is that side of it. People don't realize. I mean, painkillers are addictive, but they do, you know, they're, they're, what they're called. They're, they're very, it's in the name. Painkillers, that's what they do. They kill pain. If you're playing a rough sport like hockey and you're going to playoffs or some shit, and you have no chance at any extra rest. You you to play Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Monday, right? Yeah. There's really no chance to rest much. Then those come into play. And most people don't get addicted, right? Most people, uh, it's just being a professional. Get into the rink. What do I have to do? What do I have to do, Jerry? Okay, Jerry, you got to drink this water. Right? You got to go through this tensor bandage, some some warm-up stuff. Right? We might take out... Oh, who knows? Might do some acupuncture, right? Might do that. But uh, we got these pills that are not only going to make you be able to walk, but you're going to be able to go out and skate with Patrick Marlowe and Nat Domnicelli and Sheldon Surrey and Zdeno Chara, whoever was in the Western League at that time, I can go down a list. And you're going to be able to, well, you know, Nat Domnicelli was a fucking rocket. Patrick Marlowe, there, his number just got retired in San Jose. Let's just say for that. So I went from, like, not being able to walk, as everybody did before cortisone shot, to going out and, like, literally checking Patrick Marlowe. And painkillers, 
not quite as efficient as the cortisone. Cortisone, you just wouldn't feel it. It'd be like you'd feel like you had a broken broken bone, and then five minutes later, like what? What are you talking about? Like waking up on the first day of spring with completely refreshed. It's wild. Now, like I said, the the the, the, the Percocet, the fucking um, Vicodin. Yeah. You were stoned. You 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 were stoned, basically. You know, not quite an alcohol buzz, but you know, just all eyes on me here because I'm not above like skating into the net. One of those things, yeah, skating around and like just ram yourself into the post. What the fuck? Normally, I know where this shit is out here. It's like that. Like I found when I'm in when I'm on painkillers, I'm just in another world. Give me the puck. I might do something great. I might go end to end. Because I'd never normally try that. But when you're on Percocet, it's like, yeah, fuck, who cares? Might as well try for it, right? You get that too. I would never normally try the Michigan, but on Percocet, that's something I would do on the, there you go. So not always the best decision, but it did. It worked fairly efficiency, er, efficiently for me. Anyway, blocking shots, I fucking hated to do. Mark Giordano. If he's blocked that many, everything I've talked about, he's done. You take painkillers, you take cortisone shots, and sometimes it's just an ice pack. Sometimes it's in an area where none of that shit... The, the cortisone shot is great if it works. It works half the time. Sometimes take that needle and it doesn't work. And uh, if you're going to be consciously blocking that many shots... And you know what else? George Giordano's gone on record and said he plays better when he plays a lot. I know they're going to give him a bit of a break this year in Toronto. You know, you're in your late 30s now, man. Is he 40? I think he's 40. And uh, he's like, no, I, I actually play better when I'm grittier. And I get that, too. I do get it. But, uh, boy, it's a lot of wear and tear on the body. But for anybody that actually consciously gets in front of that many shots, I did a tip my hat to. I rambled again, but what would I say? The whole thing started because I was trying to think. of My first year in Freddy, okay, 71 games. I had 34 fights. I bet you I didn't have 30 block shots. Now, that's the truth. I bet you any money I didn't have 30. If, if there was all or nothing, if you just put a sack of money on the table and said, over, under, 20. It's your money. Here's a million bucks. No loss. If you don't guess right, we get to keep the money. Nothing off your back. But if you get to keep, if you, you get to keep the money, if you guess right. Now, tell me. Over, under. 20. Did you block 20 shots that particular season in the American League in 71 games? I would bet no. And if I did, put it this way. I know that I didn't consciously block more than 10. I don't think there's any hockey season ever that I consciously playoffs are different. Okay, if you go on a playoff run, that's I don't want to seem like a total playoffs. It was that uh, everything I'm saying to you now went out the window. Okay, now again though, there's playoff games that are blowouts and same thing, but generally off the drop of a puck, puck drops, whatever league, senior hockey, junior, NHL, AHL, whatever. Puck drops, and it's a playoff game. Well, then I block it. I block it then. 
That's that's it. I throw myself in front of it, like without even thinking, like a shortstop throws himself in front of the ball that's you know being hit. The, you know that's the way it goes. That's baseball. Well, this is playoff hockey, so I could get myself into that mode. But how many games again? How how many deep runs did I go on, and how many times did I happen to be out there with the puck? There, I mean, because once you commit to blocking them. Right? Like, and you put yourself down in that position. A lot of people aren't going to shoot it because now you're in that position. So, but it does happen. So I would, I would say less than 20 and 10 maximum consciously. Now that's truth. And I'm supposed to be a fucking tough player. But uh, that's why I really respect the guys who do do it. I always did. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt-in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game. And if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. So, what are you waiting for? Download the app now and sign up with the code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. Again, that's code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. This time of year, everyone's talking about making big changes, which is all well and good, but most of the time, pretty unrealistic. You've probably found that the smallest changes to your routine can actually make the biggest impact. In the same way, you don't have to break the bank to make a big deal purchase. Even the smallest things can be part of a big change if it's something you use every day, just like Raycon earbuds. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point, so you can build great habits without breaking the bank. Whether you're looking for a pair of everyday earbuds, low-latency gaming headphones, or a speaker with a battery that will last all night at your next party, Raycon's got you covered. And yep, Raycon started half the price of other premium audio brands. That means you don't have to choose between products. You can get one of each, or a pair and a spare, and still pay less than you would with some of the other guys. Even if you know you'll love your Raycons, Raycon wants to make sure you feel great about your purchase. They offer buy now, pay later options, and every purchase has an easy and free return guarantee. Ready to buy something small with a big impact? Go to buyraycon.com THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. Again, that's buyraycon.com THPN to score 15% off buyraycon.com slash THPN. I know I'm getting some emails. What just happened, so I'm recording this on Monday. Tanner Janat. Janat, is that how you say it? Just got traded to Tampa Bay. And I'm looking at the... I, I fucking hate Twitter. I do, because it's so poison. I, I go on there only when I have to, almost only to self-promote now. So if you follow me on Twitter, I do feel bad about my presence on there. But uh, I just hate it. There's just so much cynicism and poison. So, yeah, Tanner Jeanette, 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 whatever you say. But 
a lot of people don't understand it. First of all, in 81 games last year, he had 41 points, 24 goals. Like, you know, 24 fucking snipes. Pretty good in the NHL. And he's a bottom six. So they only got him to do every year, you know. Who did they get last year? Blake Coleman? Uh, Barkley Goudreau? You know, who else was kind of like that? I guess Palat. Braden Point is a different example, but he's the kind of guy that picks it up in the playoffs. He's a great player, but in the playoffs, he's almost unstoppable. Well, Toronto or, or Tampa Bay has a history of getting guys that are not only playoff performers, but almost better in the playoffs. And I, and I do think, I followed Tanner Jeanette, no, I don't know how to play his fucking name, for a while. I know he played in the Western League. I know he was, you know, great numbers there. I don't need to even look. I'm not reading this, but he had almost 40 goals and 40 assists his last year, junior, in 70 games. And like 100 on 150 minutes, maybe. You know, it's like a real well-rounded kind of Western League guy that you're thinking of. And I suppose I'm surprised that they gave up. Yeah, they gave up a first-round pick and a second and a third and a fourth. But I'll have to look more into it. I'm just seeing the anyway. Let's just let's just say the lightning got Tanner Jeanette, Jeanette, whatever the fuck it is. And it doesn't surprise me because he's the kind of guy that they go out and get every year. Right? If 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 it wasn't him, it would have been Hathaway the other day who went to Boston. But that's what Tampa Bay does. Um Toronto brought in O'Reilly. I think a large part of that is the battle against Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay have had Toronto's number for a while. O'Reilly's probably a bigger star than Tampa Bay have ever brought in at the deadline, right? It's not like they're bringing in Kucherov or Stamkos or these guys. And yes, I am putting O'Reilly there. He was Conn Smythe Trophy winner a few years ago when when St. Louis won the, the fucking Stanley Cup. He was, and that, that was in 2019. It wasn't 10 years ago. So I know he might, maybe doesn't score as much. There's not as much glitter and glamour as, as, as other guys. But Ryan O'Reilly is every bit to me as important for this playoff run as Mitch Marner is. It's just, to me, it's a hockey fact. I don't know. Maybe, I mean, Marner's got to be on too, and they all got to be on, but I don't know. I just don't see a bigger acquisition than Ryan O'Reilly out there this playoff run. I just didn't. There's more, like I said, glitz, shine on Patrick Kane. I would love to see him go there. I would love to see Kane go anywhere. I, not anywhere, but anywhere relevant. Just because I love the playoffs. It looks like it might be the Rangers. So be it. Bring it on, man. More competition, the better. I love it. Spice up my life as a hockey fan. Uh, but I just, I think O'Reilly was a big move. Will Dubas, a lot of people ask me, will Kyle Dubas and company be fired if if the Toronto Maple Leafs don't win around? Yeah, I thought they were going to be fired last year. And I've never been a huge Dubas guy because I wasn't a big analytics guy. But I got to give credit where credit is fucking due, man. He makes the moves. And I know it didn't work last year, was it, or the year before with Felino? But Felino ended up, I think he was hurt. It was a good move. And uh, he, give him, he goes out and does it. He does something every year. Right? He does something every year. I don't know about getting rid of Kadri, but other than that, 
Even we just talked about Giordano. We brought him in, right? And he's still fucking playing at a high level. Certainly helping all right when Morgan Riley was out this year. So am I a huge Kyle Dubas fan? I don't know, man. Not really. I never have seen eye to eye with a lot of the things that he said and at least done when it comes to analytically thinking about the game. But there's more to it. And, and I think he represents the analytical side. But like I said, he just brought in Ryan O'Reilly. Now, I know Ryan O'Reilly maybe has some good analytical up, up upside. Of course, he must. I mean, he's a great player. But did you only bring him in for that? I think there's a large part of the Toronto fan base, of the team, of just hockey fans in general that must realize that Ryan O'Reilly is picked up every bit as much as shit that you can't see analytically, like just being in the room and being accountable, just being in the room, right? If I'm a young guy and I'm in the room and there's nobody there yet, no one gives a fuck or I'm not really being held accountable, nothing against me. I might be sitting there. I might be on my phone. I might go over and do my stick and I might take my phone on the side and I don't know if I can text some girls that night. What's going on, girls? Maybe head on Instagram, maybe go to my Tinder. What's up, you know? Whatever the fuck guys are into. I mean, I don't fucking know. I assume a lot of social media. Um, yeah, maybe not Tinder. Um, TikTok, whatever the fuck you're doing, right? Whatever. And to each their own. If you, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I think it might be. I, for me, I'm big on, you know, less distractions, the better. But a guy like Ryan O'Reilly walks in, watch that fucking phone be put in the pocket and just sit there and hockey talk happen and start taping your stick and realize that it's time to turn the key and play a fucking game, right? Um, words of wisdom. But the guy won the con Smythe. Now he's sitting in your room, ready to take you guys to the promised land. I mean, it's respect. Of course, he makes the right play at the line. I hope he won't dump it into or, or turn it over too much at the line. I certainly hope he goes out and finishes his hits. I hope he's not a liability. I mean, I pretty much know he won't be. But all those things I hope. But what I know is just being Ryan O'Reilly, I win to some degree. Love the way Tanner Jeanette plays. I just explained. I love the way Felino played. But Ryan O'Reilly, it's a little bit different. A little bit different. Especially if he's on my line or I make a bad play, like a stupid play. Everybody makes bad plays. But let's just say I hog the puck too much and I turn it over at the line and someone was wide open. Well, I don't know if I want to see Ryan O'Reilly when I get back to the bench because he's going to call me out, which will in turn make me not do it as much, which is how teams thrive. Right, being held accountable. Of course, there's mistakes made. Let's make the least mistakes and go out there and score. Because O'Reilly will help you do that too. He had a fucking Hattie the other day. Look at the players playing around him, how much bigger they play. Just get open. He's a great passer. He can shoot. Anyway, I think it's a, I think it's a good move. Of course, it's a good move. I, uh, to be honest, and the Jersey just picked up Timo Meyer today. Another guy that fucking should be able to help in the playoffs. We just talked about 
the Lightning. And the other day, Boston with Orloff, Hathaway. I, to me, I see like eight of ten of the last moves that have been made in the last two or three weeks, I see them really helping. Like I think the East, wow, man. I mean, it's the NHL, so when the playoffs start, of course, the West will buckle up too, but I just think the East is, well, it's a dogfight. It really is. The West is kind of, I'm not going to say anybody's game. It's a little more up in the air, and I think I think if, if a Western team adds somebody, like, let's just say, I don't know, Edmonton does add Carlson, they'd be the front runner. I think it's just so close. And there hasn't been as many major moves made out that way. I think, yeah, it's it's for the taking. And, you know, I'm not, I hate to say it because I'm Canadian and I do some of the Oilers games, but I don't know. What other year? I mean, if it's not the Oilers year, what is it? Right? Connor McDavid, at some point, it was going to be the Oilers year. Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, I go down the list, right? When they first came in, they didn't have enough of a supporting cast, whatever you might say. Or that might have been the the knock, which tends to happen. I mean, you pick first overall, it means you suck the year before, right? And and, and so the and the Oilers had like Yakupov and fucking Puliarvi and so many picks that were high that really didn't pan out. Some of them are not even there. Yakupov literally did nothing. At least Puliarvi's on the team. Um, and Nugent Hopkins really, I want to say, coming into his own. He's been there a long time, but he's having a career year. Eventually, first round and second round picks and an abundance of them helps. And when you add to that, a guy like, I don't fucking know, Evander Kane or Zach Hyman. or I mean, come on. They're a deep team, deeper than they ever were. They have what you could argue the two best forwards, at least, on the planet. You could argue that. How are they not one of the front runners? Like, really? If it's not there for the taking this year for Edmonton, well, when the fuck is it there? So I don't know. I, I, I don't. I know they went through a funk, and now they're back and I, I think got points in like nine of the last ten or some shit like that. But I still say, I don't know. The West, there's no like clear-cut front runner that scares me if I was on the Oilers. And all I know is that once the playoffs stop or start and I'm looking over and I see Connor McDavid on one team and I'm on the other, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I feel great about our chances. And with the West, in my mind, not being as good as the East, uh, to put it bluntly, I mean, at some point, right, the great players step up. Well, I'm expecting the Edmonton Oilers to step up this year, and I fully expect, at the very least, third round. And uh, I'm going to pick them in at least one pool to make the final. But who knows? Um, I like the moves Dubas made. Like I said, I, I just think it's a harder road. It's a longer road. And of course, that Noel Acheri, is that Acheri? Came in with O'Reilly. It's another. That's the move like Tanner Jeanette. Jeanette. Right? There's adding a depth piece that could probably help you win, but O'Reilly's a big piece. Okay, before I go, uh, by the way, uh, 144B, in just a couple of days, we're going to have Darren Langdon, longtime NHLer, protector, for lack of a better way to put it, of Wayne Gretzky and company, putting the Rangers for the longest. 
Langer has between six and seven hundred games in the NHL um, and played for the Habs, uh, the Devils, the Canucks as well. But a uh, longtime Ranger. That's where he did his most productive damage in the NHL. As predominantly a tough guy, but Langer, great player, like led his led led his team, and I believe one of the top scorers in the league when he played uh, junior in. PEI, I believe it was Charlottetown. We'll get into that with him. I'll do a little bit of research. I know everything about Langer, but um, and he came here back and played senior hockey. Always up there. Could could really put it this way: Langer is so tough that you forget that he's a decent hockey player. A lot of sense, a lot of like hockey IQ, right? Even watching him skate around in rec hockey, he doesn't look like some guy that's going to dangle you, but always make the right play, right? Always smart. At the end of the senior hockey games, you know, he would, or junior, if you want to go back that far, uh, you know, Langer, you might not notice him. He might not carry carry the puck a lot, but, you know, goal assist, fight, 10-minute misconduct sort of thing. Um, but anyway, one of my friends, okay, just, I got to, I, I just got to say this. So every once in a while, something happens. Now, again, I'm, I'm not, hold on. I'm not trying to embarrass my friend. I I, I know he's not going to give a shit. That's why I played hockey with an Orlando guy, like a guy named Brad Fedorenko. Great guy, played pro for a lot of years. I believe one of our captains, and um, like a real good teammate. But but just for example, so Brad texted me the other day. So at Nova Scotia. A Nova Scotia school, this is a headline from True North, a Nova Scotia school fired its volunteer basketball coach last week after the coach had players run exercises for being late to practice, which is bullshit, right? Again, it's it's part of this. I hate to use the word woke because woke started as a good thing. I do get civil rights and everybody being equal. I do. But I also get someone being late for practice, and I'm a coach, Run the fucking lines or whatever you got to do. You know you're supposed to be here. Now you're not here. Now, we're going to go start practice. You go and fucking run for uh, run a mile or whatever it is. It was hockey, skate the lines or whatever. You stay after practice and we're going to run you guys more. Come through practice as soon as it's over. Right? It's just that's fucking consequence. Action slash reaction slash consequence. So I understand why Feds was upset, but the message he says to me, and this happens all the time. I hate to just call him out. I can do it because he won't mind me using his name. He says, hey, TR, effing Newfies, LOL. Ridiculous. Now, he's not, by the way, I know the whole Newfie thing. People don't like that anymore, but I, he's not using Brad uses Newfie like term of endearment. It's not a fuck you, you fucking Newfie, right? Even though right here, though, he, he's only kind of making a joke. But again, this happened in Nova Scotia. Now, I'm not going to take offense to every single person that doesn't know exactly where St. John's is, right? Where I live. I'm, I'm outskirt. I live in Mount Pearl, basically St. John's. I spend a lot of time in St. John's. You watch my Instagram every day. It's both. I mean, I live 
I walk a trail and I'm in St. John's. It's it's right there. Metropolitan St. John's, right? That's Mount Pearl. So, and St. John's is the easterly most city. I, and we live just 15 minutes easterly most point in North America is Cape Spear. We're on an island. That island is Newfoundland. We're attached to the mainland, Labrador. We're attached through Labrador. So the province is Newfoundland and Labrador. Now, Labrador is way north from where I am. And the biggest places in Labrador are, are Labrador City and Goose Bay. Both add both of them together, and they don't come in at over 50,000 people. Okay? So Labrador City and Goose Bay together are barely the size of Mount Pearl, where I'm talking to you from. And Mount Pearl is a small suburb of St. John's. So largely when people say Newfoundland, they're talking about the island. If they're saying, hey, have you ever been to George Street? Or most of what I talk about doesn't really, but I do go to Labrador. I enjoy it. I was there a couple months ago for alumni games. I go there in the summer sometimes to fish. My buddies go up to hunt. Uh, it's beautiful. Newfoundland and Labrador, right? So St. John's is the city in Newfoundland, again, where I'm, and, and that's kind of our, I don't know, it's our main, you got Cornerbrook on the west coast of, of, of Newfoundland, and that's beautiful. It got Marble Mountain. Um, that's where Darren Langdon's from, Deer Lake, really close to Cornerbrook. I've had Darren Colburn on here. Todd Gillingham just passed away, God rest his soul. They're from out that way. That's western Newfoundland, right? Then you can go all the way up to St. Anthony, and you can go on the Viking Trail, they call it. Lansa Meadows, where Eric the Red landed. They found evidence of that. There's sod houses. Very historical, right? That's Newfoundland. Now, I drive across Gander, Grand Falls, Clarenville. Those are on the highway. If I was to leave St. John's, I would hit Clarenville. Then I would hit Gander. Then I would hit Grand Falls. Then I would hit Deer Lake. Then Cornerbrook. Then Port Basque. Right? All the way across with a bunch of little towns in between. Some of the towns I mentioned are little. Someone you would, some of you would consider them little. But those are the places. That's Newfoundland. That's where I'm from. Right? So Halifax is in Nova Scotia. That's a long way away. I love it. We're Atlantic Canadian. I take pride in sharing my Atlantic Canadian identity with people from Halifax. Like Sidney Crosby is from Coal Harbor. Coal Harbor is like Mount Pearl to St. John's. Coal Harbor is like to Halifax, right? Um, there's all kinds of other beautiful places outside of Halifax. I don't know. Truro. I've had Ken Reed on. He's from Picto, Nova Scotia. But again, Ken Reed then wouldn't be a Newf, a Newfoundlander, or as like Brad likes to say, Newfie, right? Sends me this article. Uh, you fucking Newfies, what are you doing? But Brad... That happened in Nova Scotia, which means that they're Nova Scotians. They're not Newfoundlanders. I think Brad originally is from Saskatchewan. That's like me saying, that's like me picking something that happened in Vancouver, British Columbia. Right? Like two provinces over. And saying, what the fuck is going on here? Brad, what's going on here? You fucking... Everybody from Saskatchewan thinks they're rode in on a high horse, eh? Look at what just happened in Vancouver. And he'd say, what are you talking about? Vancouver's in BC. What are you talking about? It's not close to Saskatchewan. Well, I get that all the time. I mean, multiple messages a week from friends, a lot of fans of the show, for example. I don't expect, if you live right now in Australia, 
or fucking Helsinki, Finland. or I don't expect you to know. Most of this is I'm not shitting on you. I'm just trying to inform you. But I find it funny when it comes down to the Newfie thing, like because it would have to go, like Newf, Newfie, Newfoundland, Newfoundlander, Newf, right? How do you get that out of someone from Coal Harbor, Nova Scotia, or like PEI, Prince Edward Island, a beautiful, majestic spot in the summer? It's another island in Atlantic Canada. It ain't close to my island. PEI is completely different. And people go, oh, no, I've been out to Newfoundland. Where have you been? Charlottetown. I'm like, that's in PEI. I mean, that happens a lot. Like people from Canada. Like PEI is completely different. First of all, it's joined to Nova Scotia by a bridge. Once you get to PEI, it takes, I don't know, two hours, if that, maybe two hours and change to drive across it. It's tiny. Newfoundland would take you 14 hours to drive across. It's a massive island sitting out on the complete easterly most point in our in our continent right so I, I don't know I suppose for everybody that's curious look at the map there right New Brunswick right I played in Fredericton I could drive down to Maine right which is in the United States you drive down to Bangor is a city in Maine, which is a state in the United States, because it was right there. Because New Brunswick isn't an island. Right? So I would tell you, uh, yeah, and, and I've driven down to New York from there. I've driven to New York from Halifax, which is in Nova Scotia. Fredericton, where I played, that's in New Brunswick. Close. They border each other. It's right there. It's very close. But it's a completely different province. Prince Edward Island is completely different. Now, the four Atlantic provinces, for those that don't know, are Nova Scotia. What's the city in Nova Scotia? Halifax. Prince Edward Island. What's the city in Prince Edward Island? Charlottetown. New Brunswick. Well, Terry, name me a couple of cities in New Brunswick. Moncton. Fredericton. St. John. Not St. John's. St. John, New Brunswick. And then, completely removed on its own island, far away from those places, is Newfoundland, where I live. Now, if you look at the map, we're all on the east coast of Canada, and we all make up the Atlantic provinces because we're in the Atlantic region. But just for future reference for any of you out there, if you send me something about something funny, or something idiotic that someone did in, I don't know, Miramichi, New Brunswick, and say, what's with you Newfoundlanders? Well, I hate to say it, but you're the one that looks like a tithead there. <laughs> because Miramichi is in New Brunswick, and New Brunswick isn't in Newfoundland. It's a province on its own. Again, if you're from Canada and you picture the map in your head, you probably, I can see how it gets twisted a little bit, but you, you know, at some point you got to know this feds is like fucking 48 years old. I mean, at some point, you know, you, you should know the provinces, uh, right? Those are the Atlantic. Then you got central Canada. You got your Quebec, you got your Ontario, right? 
I'm, I'm discluding the territories, but I'm, I'm assuming everybody in North America knows where those are. Um, and But if I'm going west, I go Manitoba from Ontario. Then I go Saskatchewan. Then it's Alberta. And then it's British Columbia. So if I said to someone from Manitoba, which I can drive to from Kenora, Ontario in a half hour, and I said to them, well, you're a great British Columbian, they would look at me like I was nuts. They'd say, dude, you're in Manitoba. British Columbia is one of is a western province like we are but it's a lot further west like you're not even close most people in manitoba i would think don't frequent be they've probably been there i wouldn't know that it'd be a good poll to, but they've nothing in like the economy there's not not much that is similar about flin flan and victoria bc right But for some reason, we get it a lot, like a huge, they call it the rock, the rock. It's an island to leave the rock unless you want to get a long ass ferry that's not available in the winter. You have to fly. Why do we have to fly? Because we're an island called, wait for it, Newfoundland and Labrador. Hence, Newf, Newfie. And Newfoundlander, Halifax, Nova Scotia, you'd be a Haligonian if you lived in Halifax. And by extension, you'd be a Nova Scotian. You'd be an Atlantic Canadian just like me, but you wouldn't be a Newf if you're from EEI, New Brunswick, or Nova Scotia. Now, I know that sounded sarcastic. But I mean, I get a lot, a lot of those messages. So, like a lot, lot. Whatever it is in our school systems hasn't picked up on it. At some point in grade six, when they explain the provinces, I really don't think that they break down the Atlantic enough because it should be straight up. It should be clear. Go east to west or west to east. Just name off the provinces. But when people get over here, for some reason, they think Newfoundland is a part of Nova Scotia. I don't know how that happens, but again, I'm seeing it from my viewpoint, not yours. Um, forgive the seeming sarcasm. It really wasn't. I just, I really am trying to explain it as easy as I can. So you might be listening to this. You might have grade three. You should Understand now, just from listening to this, that Newfoundland isn't New Brunswick. New Brunswick isn't PEI, and PEI isn't Nova Scotia. Although they're close, they're not the same places. They're all provinces within our wonderful country of Canada. Like the United States has states, we have provinces. Seattle is in Washington. Washington that's a bad example because there's a Washington, D.C. That'll fuck people up. Um, it shouldn't, but it would. Portland. Portland is in Oregon. Oregon borders California. 
But I wouldn't say to someone from San Diego, hey, look at what this person just did in Portland. You Oregonians. They'd say, no, I'm a Californian. What are you talking about? We're a long way away from Portland, Oregon. And you'd be right to say that. Well, I'm saying the same thing. Newf, Newfoundland, Newfoundland and Labrador, Newfoundlander. This has been episode 144A of Tales with TR. If you're downtown St. John's this weekend, why not? Or this any time. The days are getting longer. Uh, the vibe is getting more positive. I'm loving it. If you're downtown St. John's, like me the other night, I went to each and every one of these places. I went to the Bull and Barrel. I went to Trinity Pub, TJ's Pub, Greensleeves, Rob Roy Confusion, and the Martini Burr. If I was going to go for something to eat, which I will do this Friday, I'll either go to Merchant Tavern, Blue on Water, or Wedgwood Cafe. Pitbull Pain Relief. Pitbull Pain Relief. Pitbull Pain... Pitbull Pain Sticks. Sorry. Pitbullpainrelief.com. Check it out. They changed my life. Rope Walk Lane Power Conditioning. Strength and balance for the body and mind. More and more of my friends are signing up every day. And I swear to you right now, none of them are disappointed. If you're curious and you really are, send me that those DMs I don't mind. Because I'm telling you, that's going to change your life. Or just go to Power Conditioning uh, on my Instagram. Mr. Lube, two locations here in St. John's, Torbay Road, Kenmount Road, Live, Laugh, Lube, and of course, True Hockey. Take what's yours. Thanks, folks, for tuning in. In two days, we should have a good one with the man, the mystery, the legend, Darren Langdon, one of the toughest fighters of all time. And also one of the best uh, personalities when it comes to Newfoundland athletes that's ever graced our wonderful province. Thanks a lot for tuning in. I'll be back in just a couple days. Catch you guys on the rebound.